Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to go to two different passages here at the very beginning, and don't worry, we're going to get into a lot of word tonight. But I want to hit on, first of all, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which Pastor CJ, how many enjoyed the word on Sunday, Pastor CJ? We're going to be continuing that tonight. So I just wanted to briefly hit on it, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And I love this because it's really, it's really the story of the gospel, the story of uh, our relationship with God summed up in one verse. And it's simply, it's very simple, but very profound. It says, but God demonstrated his own love. He demonstrated his love. He didn't just say, I love you guys, but you're on your own. No, he demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, other translations say while we were still enemies of God, while we were still at odds with God, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now we have been justified, somebody say justified, by his blood, and we shall be saved from wrath through him, through him. Come on, thank Jesus for that. Now let's go over to Exodus chapter 12. We're going, we're, that, that's a whole lot of Bible in between that we're going through right there. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 21. And we got to take it back to the origins because I know we're talking about the blood of Jesus. And some of you, Pastor CJ explained some of the sacrifices and different things. But I want to take it back to the first Passover. If you don't realize this or not, Jesus actually went to the cross during Passover. And so while we're, while we're celebrating Easter in the Protestant church and the Christian church, at the same time, Jews are celebrating, uh, they're celebrating Passover. And that's very significant because Jesus was the ultimate Passover lamb. And we're gonna discuss that just a little bit, but I want you to go and I want us to see in Exodus chapter 12, again in verse 21, the first Passover. And this is what it says. Then Moses, this is after God has explained what to do to Moses. This is kind of the action steps. Verse 21, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, which is like a plant, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of this door of his house until morning. And the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood, somebody say the blood, on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come to your houses to strike you. Come on. There is power in the blood of Jesus. And we're going to be talking tonight. The title for tonight is benefits of the blood, benefits of the blood. Let's pray together. Bless God's word tonight. Dear Lord, we thank you for the ability to gather together. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that you are not far off, that you are not distant. We thank you that you are not an idol made of wood or stone or metal, Lord, but that you are a living God, that you are here with us. We thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So we just pray, speak to us tonight, Lord. Allow it not to be my words, but be your words, Lord. Speak 
your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. Come on, give one more hand clap to Jesus. Give somebody a high five. Tell them you like them. Tell them happy Valentine's Day. If they're your spouse, maybe give them a little kiss real quick. We'll allow it. If they're your spouse, come on, all our young adults, chill out, chill out. That's, put a ring on it first. Come on, somebody. Eli said, I did. He, he said, I did. Come on. Benefits of the blood. Benefits of the blood. How many of you love when you get some benefits? Come on. Now, again, I'm not talking about your friend with benefits. I just throw that out there. I, I, I want to do a relationship sermon tonight. This is Valentine's, but we're going to be talking about the blood. But not your friend with benefits, but... Come on, you like some benefits. Some of you, you're, you're into the benefits that you get from your credit card points or you like your benefits at uh, maybe your, your job. Uh, I, I like the benefits. I like getting everything that I pay for. I don't know if you're like this or not, but you know, I'm one of those people, if we go to the all-you-can-eat buffet, I'm gonna eat all I can eat. You understand? Like, I'm not gonna eat breakfast. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do the sauna the night before so I can sweat some water weight out. I'm gonna get everything I can get from what I pay for, all right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all the benefits. Uh, and I was thinking about um, with this time I went on a cruise. Do we have any cruise people in the place? So usually when you bring up a cruise or, or the lingo cruising, come on, we're gonna go cruising. Um, when, you, when you bring up cruising, it's very divided. Like usually you have people that are like, I love cruise. We go on a cruise every year. We go on the same ship. We go to the same place. We stay in the same room. We love, and then you have other people that are like, that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> if it, there may be a place in hell that is a carnival cruise ship. Like that's what some people, they're like on a, on a ship that I can't get off of and there, there's waves and it's people I don't know that are in my personal space. So it's kind of divided, but uh, I, I went on a cruise. This was like a decade ago or so. And uh, this was actually a cruise with our very own Pastor Caleb Rivera when he graduated high school. And there were a few other guys from our church family. We went on the, this trip together, and uh, we, were, we were hanging out. It was a, a great time just uh, celebrating Pastor Caleb and, and his graduation. And we were enjoying it, and, you know, we're, we're eating all the food. We're doing all the things, going on the excursions, going to the pool, you know, all this fun stuff that a cruise has to offer. But at late at night, you know, being the, the young men that we are, we're still growing and, you know, still maturing. We're getting a little hungry at night, and... You know, even though we'd had like four dinners, because get this, I don't know if you realize, this is a benefit that you need to know. On a cruise ship, you can order multiple entrees. So they'll tell you which one would you like, but you can actually say, I want this one, I want this one. And we did that. I'll just put it that way. We ordered all the desserts and all the entrees and all the, yeah. Uh, Pastor Caleb had a six pack before the cruise. I don't know if he had it after the cruise though. I didn't have one either way. So I was just, I don't got one anyway. So let's, let's just go for it. But we go on this cruise, and uh, we realize a couple of days into it, this, this magical, beautiful, wonderful thing that just blesses my soul called room service. Come on, anybody like room service? And room service is amazing because when I'm at home and I get hungry at night, I have to get up, you can go in the kitchen, pull out all the stuff, and then I gotta put it up, I gotta wash, the, wash it all. And the room service, they just bring it to me, I get to enjoy it, and then they just take it away. And, it's a, and what we realized was is that you could order room service and you could order 
as much as you want it. So again, they try to tell you that you can have one, but the benefit is you can actually have as much as you want. And so us four dudes, no joke, we began calling out, and they, they only had a very limited selection. I think they were trying to discourage you, like maybe they'll get tired if there's only two or three items on the menu. No, we do not get tired of it. So no joke, Pastor Caleb can testify to this. We would order like four or five each, uh, each one of us, like four or five sandwiches to be delivered. And we would just tell them, you, you can put it all on one plate. And they're like, well, that's not the protocol. So they would bring like this stack of plates and it would be like a grilled cheese, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm like, this is great. And they're like, do you really like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Yes, I do. I like them that much. I'm going to get all the benefits that I can get from this situation. So I ate all during the day. We ate the dinner, but at night, We'd go to the pool, we, and they'd be like, y'all ready to order some sandwiches? You ready for some PB&J? Come on, those pickle spears, you ready? It's going it's to be a great night, guys. We're getting, getting wild ordering our sandwiches. So it, it, it's great to know the benefits for some of you that are more mature and you're like, that is just a silly story. Maybe, you, maybe for you, it's benefits at a job where you, you say, okay, I know the salary. The salary sounds good, but what, what is being added on to that? Is there medical? Is there dental? Is, is there 401k? How many days off do I get? Is it flexible? Is it in office, remote? Like, what do I get a packet? Like, all these different, I, I want to know all the benefits. We don't just want the base. We want all the benefits. And as I was thinking about this idea of the blood and of justification, I think most of us get the base idea of justification. Most of us understand that Jesus went to the cross, he died on the cross, and, and that, that we are forgiven of our sins. But I, I want to just hit on that briefly, but I, but I want to explain what justification is, because I think many of us confuse forgiveness and justification. Uh, Jesus, when he went to the cross, justification is not that just your sins were forgiven. It's not that your sins were just blotted out. It's not that just, okay, well, I sinned, that's over, and now I can move on, now I can walk in freedom. No, no, no. The, the meaning of justification is that it's as if your sins never happened. It's as if that part of your life never happened, that it is completely covered. As Pastor CJ said, it is completely cleansed. And, I, and I, I saw this little explanation as I was studying, and I want you to remember this. When you think about justified, I think we have a slide for this, that it's just as if I'd never sinned. I am justified is just as if I'd never sinned that Jesus has blotted it out, that it is covered by the blood, that he can't see past the blood. Many of you need to understand, you're asking God for forgiveness. God, I want you to forgive me of this thing. I feel so guilty of this thing. And God is wondering what you're talking about because he's already forgiven you of it. If you've repented, if you've confessed, if it's covered by the blood, it has been blotted out as if it never happened. You have been cleansed. You have been justified by Jesus. I was trying to think of an illustration because in our world, really everything we do, it can't even be erased. You know, like even uh, if you erase something on your computer, there's still remnants of it. Like if you, you know, if you take an eraser to a piece of paper, you can erase it, but you still see little squiggly lines. It's very hard for us to understand this concept of something never, you know, being completely erased. But as I was thinking about it, I thought about, you know, when you're on the ocean and you have the sand and 
you, you put you know, a sandcastle together or you, you step in the sand and all these different things, when that water comes in and erases it, you can't tell that it was ever there. It, you, you have been completely justified, and that's what the blood of Jesus does for us. And, and, and I wanted to just lay that foundation, but I think most of us get that. If, you, if you've been in church for a little bit, even if you were here on Sunday, Pastor CJ did an amazing job where we understand that part. But what I'm afraid of, and, and, and maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine because I, I talk about it a lot, I think many Christians, we get caught up in this basic understanding or we get caught up in this basic version of Christianity and we never move past it. And if all you know is getting that basic level of forgiveness, you will stay trapped in this cycle of that's all you can ever do. And so you think all Christianity is, is well, I just, I just need to keep asking for forgiveness and I just need to, I need to keep, and yes, you need to confess. All, it's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, is if all you ever focus on is that base level, you'll never step into the benefits of the blood. You'll never understand that there is more that God has done for you. Now, if the cross was all he ever did for us, that would be enough. If forgiving us of our sin, if snatching us out of the snare of hell and giving us eternal life, giving us freedom, that would be enough. But God is a good, good father. He doesn't just give us the base level. He doesn't just give us just enough. And for some people in this room, some people watching online, it may be hard for you to understand that about God because maybe the parental figures in your life, maybe all they did was give you just enough. Maybe all they did was give you the bare minimum. But the gospels tell us that if a human father will give his children good things, how much more will our heavenly father give us good things? And so God does not want to just give us this base level and then, well, you just need to stay stuck. You need to stay trapped. You need to stay struggling. I, I, I get so aggravated of this type of Christianity of, well, that's just what it means. I'm just here to struggle. I'm just here to suffer. Yes, we know we struggle for the gospel. If you're talking about being martyred for the gospel, that's true. But if you're saying, no, I just got to take the attacks of the enemy and I just got to be down and I've just got to be defeated and this is just my lot in life. No, no, no. You need a deeper understanding of what the blood of Jesus has already done for you. But if you don't know it, if you don't know that you have access to that benefit, if you don't know how to step into that, you'll never do it. And so you have people that get caught in these same cycles over and over and over. And God wants you to know that there is a way out that he has already provided a means for you to overcome, to conquer, and to have these greater levels of anointing in your life. And so I want to show you, there's many more, but I just want to show you three tonight, because come on, we love three-point sermons in the church. There, there's probably five, seven, nine, there's many, many benefits, but there's three that I want to show you tonight. And the first one, the first benefit is simply this, the blood provides protection. The blood provides protection. Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. We read it at the beginning, but I'm going to read it just a little bit again. And it says, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Now, to give you a little bit of context, if you don't understand what, what this passage is talking about, this is at the end of the plagues that God sends to Egypt. Now, the children of Israel were welcomed into Egypt. They were seen as equals. They were, they were taken very well care of. But 
400 years later, they had become slaves. They had become uh, the people that were essentially the, the Egyptians as they're building all these things, pyramids, all these different things. They, they, are, they are doing that off of the backs of the Hebrew people, the Israelite people. And God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and that Pharaoh needs to deliver the people of Israel so they can go worship and be their own nation. Pharaoh doesn't want to do that. So God begins to send these plagues. God begins to send these things. And this is honestly a little bit of a hard uh, passage to read as you're reading through because you're like, how could God do this? How could God send these bad things? But what you, don't have, what you need to realize is God is a just God. And so Pharaoh has been killing, murdering, doing all of these horrible things. And God's saying, hey, if you will let my people go, nothing, you're, it's going to be okay. But because he refuses to let the people go, because he refuses to allow them to worship in the, in the wilderness, be their own nation, God begins to send these plagues. And the last one is that there is a plague coming where the firstborn will be killed from every, uh, from every uh, uh, family. I'm sorry, something happened with the sound. My ADHD is throwing me off. It sounds fine. It's just different. And so it's just throwing me off. So God sends this plague and God says, put the, the blood on the doorframe to signify that you are trusting me. To signify that you are one of my people. Because they had been there for 400 years. So even though there were some people that were ethnically Israelites, ethnically Hebrew, many of them had begun to worship the gods of the Egyptians. Many of them had begun to interbreed, intermarry. And so many of these people began to act more Egyptian than they did Israelites. And, and they're not really called the Israelites yet in this moment. That's why I'm calling them Hebrews. But, but in this passage, he's asking, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to trust? Are you going to mark your life by the blood of Jesus? Are you going to say that I am covered by the blood, that I am trusting God to take care of me? Or are you going to be prideful and say, I don't think that God's going to do anything. I don't think anything bad is going to come into my life. I'm going to trust these false idols. I'm going to trust the Pharaoh. Look, this is the Egyptian army. They're so strong. They're so powerful. The Hebrew God can't do anything to touch us. Look, we have all these monuments. We have all these statues. We have all these pyramids, all these different things that we've done. Are we going to live in pride or are we going to say, no, we're going to submit ourselves to God. We're going to humble ourselves. We're going to anoint our doorposts, anoint our family with the blood of Jesus and trust that God is going to protect us. So they cover with the blood, and those that have the blood on their doorstep, the death angel, the, the devourer, passes over them, and they're protected. And so let's take it into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So we don't have to actually do a Passover lamb, put the blood on our door, do all these different things. No, Christ is our Passover. 
that if we will trust in the blood of Jesus, I believe that there is protection, that when things come into our life, that if we will begin to pray, if we will begin to say, God, I know that you're there, I know that you love me, and I am stepping into your promise. I am stepping into this benefit that by your blood I can be protected. My children can be protected. My home can be protected. My business can be protected. I believe that God still supernaturally protects us. If you grew up in church, maybe you heard this old school saying, but it's talking about pleading the blood. Anybody heard of that before? Yeah. Pleading the blood. There's a newer song that kind of brought it back, and people were like, oh, this song's, I was like, I grew up. That's all I heard was pleading the blood. I let, left in the morning, we're going, we plead the blood. Some of you know my, my grandma, her name was Mimi, and she had this thing called the claw, and it was just her hand. She had a pretty small hand, but she would claw you on the forehead, and she would start pleading the blood over your life. But I believe that that does something. And where we get that is Psalms chapter 35, verse 1. And I don't think we have this on the screens. That's why you need to bring your Bible. 30, Psalm chapter 35, verse 1 says, This is David. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Lord, I need you to fight against those that are fighting against me. I have been covered by your blood. I am living for you. I'm living according to your word. I'm living in righteousness. Come on, this is the rewards of righteousness. Because I'm living a righteous life, God, I am claiming that benefit, and I need you to protect me right now. I need you to step in and make a way where there seems to be no way. I need the blood to bring protection into my life. Things are going to pass over me. There are things that may hit other people, but I'm declaring by the blood of Jesus that there are, other, there, there are things that are going to attack other people, but they're going to pass over me. And you're like, I don't know about that, Pastor Alex. Well, okay, you don't have to step into the benefit. You don't have to believe it. But I know for me and my house, we're going to say, no, it may affect other people. I know the economy looks crazy. I know the job market looks crazy. I know this sickness looks crazy. I know all these other things are happening in the world. But some of those things are going to pass over me because I have been covered by the blood of Jesus. I am pleading the blood over my life. And I am stepping in to this protection that has been provided by the blood of Jesus. So the blood provides protection. The second thing that the blood provides is the blood provides power. The blood provides power. Come on, there is power in the blood. Come on, wonder working power in the blood. Some of y'all, you don't even know what I'm referring to. I can't sing it, but I just, I can say it. I, I'm one of those guys that have to like say sing it, you know, like I feel like I'd be one of those, you know, those R&B guys that they don't really sing. They just kind of say it. And then the background singers come in. Like, I feel like I could do that, but I can't, I can't sing it. But there, there's power in the blood. The blood provides power. And, and I want to make a, a distinction of, yes, there's power in the blood, but also the blood empowers you. Because we can think, well, God's got power. Like God's got, God, yeah, I know God's got power, but no, God is trying to get his power through you. 
God is trying to empower you to do some things. He's trying to empower you to take some territory. He's trying to empower you to push back the, the forces of darkness. And so in Exodus chapter 14, verse 26, this is a continuation. We're, we're looking at this Passover story and relating it, bringing it into the New Testament, because we know that the Old Testament is just a type and shadow of what Jesus did in the New Testament. So Exodus chapter 14, verse 26 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians. Now pause. Again, if you don't know the story, want to make sure we're all on the same page. The Egyptians eventually do tell the Hebrews, hey, you can go. You're fine. You're free. And they go for like a day or two. And the Egyptians are like, oh, shoot. Our whole entire workforce... All of our employees, all of our slaves that were doing everything for us, they left. And we don't like working. So maybe we should go get them back. That's, that's the way I phrase it. It sounds a lot holier in the Bible. You can read it. But So a day or two later, Pharaoh's army begins to chase after the Israelites. And they catch up because they have chariots and horses. And the Israelites, they're, just, they're on foot. They're just walking. And so they catch up. And they're trying to capture, they're trying to go back on their word and capture the Hebrew people. And God says, stretch out your hands that the water may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth when the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So God had parted the waters. The Israelites, the Hebrews, were able to walk through the water on dry land. And now the waters are coming back down as the Egyptians are going through it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned, covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not as much as one of them remains. I love that last line. Because I think a lot of us... We think God's going to take care of most of our problems. Come on, God, it, God, if you would just take care of about 80% of my prayer requests, I would be very happy with it. God, can I, can I negotiate 64% of my prayer requests to be taken care of? Come on, if, if maybe if I pray for this three times in a row, maybe you'll take care of this one. But the one I only prayed one time, I don't know if you're going to take care of that one. No, no, it says that not as much as one of them remain, that the power of God has the power to take care of every one of your problems, to take care of every one of your enemies, to come against everything that is coming against you and the reason I bring this up is because again if you stay stuck in the base level of the blood what if they wouldn't have had this power and again this is a, a type and a shadow of what we have now through the power of the Holy Spirit what if they would have not had this power they would have been free for a moment but they wouldn't have stayed free there are many people that get free for a moment get free for a season, but they don't stay free. So you're wondering if Jesus has forgiven me, if I've, if I've been covered by the blood, why do I keep going back? Because you may have been covered, you may have been covered by the blood of Jesus, uh, you may have been set free, but you now you have to fight to stay free. You may have been set free, but you have to fight to stay free. Through the power of the blood, you have to recognize that there are things that are going to come into your life. There are things that are going to come against you that are going to try to draw you back into slavery. Not slavery to the Egyptians, but slavery to sin. 
See how it's all a type and shadow? That just as they were slaves to the Egyptians and then they went through the Red Sea, which is a picture of baptism. Like many of us are slaves to our sin and then we ask for forgiveness. We are forgiven. We go through baptism, but then we're drawn back. The enemy begins to try to bring us back into captivity, bring us back into bondage, and we have to make sure that we fight to stay free. So even though they were free, they had to fight to stay free. And there are many of you that you are trying to fight and you're, you're confused of why am I going through these things? Why am I facing these things? Because yes, you have been set free, but you have to make sure that you stay free. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. One of my favorite scriptures of all time. They overcame him. Who's Satan? This is talking about the, the war against Satan, the evil one. In the end of times, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They overcame by the word of their testimony. They overcame by what they were saying. We have to speak what the blood has done. We have to say the power that God has given us. We have to say what the word says about our life. We have to say what the word says about our freedom. We have to say what the word says about our purity. We have to say what the word says about our marriage. We have to say what the word says about our children. We have to say what the world says about our finances. We have to speak whatever area Satan is attacking you in. You need to begin to speak the word of God and say, I'm going to overcome. The blood of the lamb is already taken care of. I can't do anything about the blood. That was shed once for all of eternity. The only thing I'm in control of is my confession. The only thing I'm in control of is what am I going to speak? Am I going to speak a testimony? Am I going to speak what the word of God says? Or am I going to speak what Satan is speaking to me? Uh-oh. Because some of the things that we're saying over our life, that's not really you saying it. Something is planting that in your mind. Well, maybe I should get divorced. No, you would never think that. Maybe I should go. Maybe I should go back to the addiction. No, you would never think that. There's something planning that in you, and you begin to speak it over your life. And I, I think the quote goes that if a lie spoken enough, it becomes the truth. That's what kind of the foundation of propaganda is. That's kind of the foundation of advertising and marketing, that if I tell you you need this enough, eventually you're actually going to believe that you need it. If I tell you this type of person is a person you should hate enough, eventually you're going to start to believe it. If I, tell you that, if I tell you that you need to buy this new car to be happy and be successful, if I tell you that enough and you start telling yourself, then eventually you're going to buy that new car. So what are we speaking over our life? What are we speaking? And, and I think there's, and I've done it, I'll admit, I've done it. But many people get this idea of, well, God already knows. Satan already knows. He already, they already know what I'm going to say, so what's the point of even saying it? God already knows I love him. God already knows I believe the Bible. Satan already knows that I'm a Christian. Satan already knows that I believe this about my children, that I believe this. And so we'll just say, well, I don't need to say it because it's, it's already, it already, everybody already knows. What if you had that idea in your relationship? What if you had that idea in your marriage? Come on, it's Valentine's Day. What if we had the idea, and some of you may have. I'm going to pray for you if you had this idea. We're married. I don't need to say anything. 
They already know. There's a ring on the finger. Come on, we got kids together. We got a mortgage together. We went on vacation four years ago. Come. We went on a date night six years ago. I heard a story one time about an older couple and the wife was complaining of, you know, he just never tells me he loves me, never tells me he loves me. And somebody asked him, you know, why, why did you, why don't you tell her that you love her? You know, it's been all these years. And he said, the old man said, I told her I loved her on our wedding day. I'll let her know if I change my mind. <laughs> so as you can tell by the reaction, that is not what we want to do in a relationship. But many of us, that's how we treat our relationship with God. That's how we treat our spiritual warfare. Well, I prayed about it three weeks ago. I prayed about my anxiety three weeks ago and nothing happened. So I guess this, this is how it's going to be. No, you need to begin to speak it. You need to begin to say, you need to begin to remind the enemy. No, no, no. I'm not going to give in to your lies. I'm not going to give in to your tricks. I'm not going to be ignorant of your devices. I'm going to speak the word of God. The blood of Jesus has given me power to break free from everything that is coming on me. Every attack of the enemy. I have power against this. You also need to realize that there is a spiritual component of everything that is coming against you in life. This is something that I struggled with for a long time, if I'm not going to be honest. Because I grew up in a, in a world where everything was a demonic attack. I didn't go to work, and they didn't pay me. It's a demonic attack. No. But, 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 is there something deeper? Is there some kind of lie that the enemy has sold you? Is there some kind of attack that's the reason that you didn't go to work? You, you, you made a choice, yes. But what was the thing that led you up to that choice? And this is a lot of times what we don't talk about because we want to get so linear. We want to get so black and white, especially as Americans in 2024. We want to make everything logical. Well, that was just their choice or it was a demonic attack. No, what if there was a spiritual component about everything that was coming against you? I'm not saying you don't make bad choices. I'm not saying that you don't have free will. I'm not saying that you don't have agency, that you can make a change in your life. But what if we really believe what the Bible says, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and powers, that there are things that we are fighting against. And maybe we need to begin to speak the word of God. Yes, take action. Yes, take responsibility. All of those different things. But what if we also need to realize maybe there is some spiritual power here. Maybe if there's an imbalance, maybe there's some influences and I need to begin to speak the blood of Jesus over this situation that's coming against me even if someone in your life you're having issues with your boss you're having issues in a relationship and you think it's that person what if there's a spiritual attack on their life you don't even know what's going on you don't even know what's going on in their home life you just think they're mad at you what if you begin to speak the blood of Jesus over their life and say I know they're angry at me I know they cuss me out but obviously there's something going on in their life I'm gonna begin to pray the blood of Jesus over them that whatever's on them would begin to break off and then maybe that would fix our little situation right here we gotta we gotta begin to see things at a deeper level it's not just this this human struggle of well i just it's just we're just mad at each other no what's what's the deeper issue here what's the lie that the enemy has caused us to believe 
in your, in your marriage, if there's some kind of issue where you're going back and forth and you're fighting, no, something has gotten off here. It's not just that we got personality differences and well, I like this things this way and I like, no, no, no. There, there's some kind of, there's a deep root thing that we need to address and we need to believe that the power of the blood of Jesus can begin to bring healing, can begin to bring freedom, can begin to bring breakthrough in every area of our life. Worship team, you guys can come. Oh, this is good right here. I almost forgot about this. <laughs> it's so dumb when preachers say that about their own point. <laughs> I wrote this. It's really good. Listen. I just got to call myself out sometimes. Satan knows the power of the blood. Do you know the power of the blood? Thank you, Michelle. If you ever need somebody to just gas you up a little bit, hype you up a little bit, ask Michelle. She will. And Mr. Brian. Both that the tag team together, you you'll be like, I am the man right now. It's like Alex, you literally just like picked up a piece of trash. I know, but I am the greatest trash picker ever ever. Satan knows the power of the blood, but do you? Satan knows the authority that's in the name of Jesus, but do you? I think that the biggest hope that the enemy has is that you are just ignorant. And, and I don't mean that in, 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 a, in a derogatory way. I mean in the truest sense of the word that you just simply don't know. Ignorance is you, you don't know. You've never been taught. The Bible says, be not ignorant of the enemy's devices. But I think many of us say that as like, I'm not ignorant of the enemy's devices, but you may be. I may be. And I think the biggest thing that he hopes is that we just don't realize the power that we have access to. The authority that we have access to. The third thing that the blood provides, the blood provides the promise of a new life. The promise of a new life. Going back to Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12, verse 2. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. I'd never really realized this until this time. Of course, I'd heard that Passover is the beginning of the new year in the Jewish calendar. But I never really realized that the shedding of the blood was the beginning. That the Passover marked the beginning. There, there, there's, there's a whole lot of Bible, well, not compared to the rest, but you have a whole lot of Genesis. You have the Tower of Babel. You have all these incredible things with Abram. You have Joseph and his brothers. You have Jacob and Esau and all these different things. But God said, this is now the beginning. All that before, it happened. It's there. It's recorded. But this is the beginning. This is the beginning. The Passover signified a complete reset. As if everything that happened before had never happened. 
You were slaves. Yeah, we're not talking about that anymore. There was murders and there was idolatry. And then, no, we're not talking about that anymore. Yeah, I probably should punish you for it. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah, you probably deserve a whole lot. But we're putting that under the blood. We're covering that with the blood. It's just as if I'd never sinned. It's just as if it never happened. But Pastor Alex, I still remember that it happened. Yes, I know you remember. I've heard it said many times in my life that through the power of the blood of Jesus, you may have a memory, but you don't have a past. When you are covered by the blood of Jesus, you may have a memory, but you don't have a past. There may be things even on your body. There may be remnants of things that you have gone through. But according to God, the way he views you is covered by the blood. It's been cleansed. It's been cast into the sea of forgetfulness is what the Bible tells us. Let's stand together right now. The blood provides the promise of a new life. Can I tell you that just like the nation of Israel began at the blood of the Passover, your life begins at the blood. One of the greatest benefits of the blood of Jesus is that your life begins at the blood. Well, I, I didn't get saved until I was 35. I didn't get saved until I was 40. No, no, no. Your new life begins at the blood. One of the toughest things that I've ever walked through as a, as a pastor is a man in our church who had been radically saved. He actually came to our church. He was a member of our church, but he was still struggling uh, with addiction. Um, he had been involved in, in the, the uh, pharmaceutical, street pharmaceutical industry, if you catch my, catch my drift. He was a drug dealer for all. Uh, specifically cocaine. He was a big cocaine dealer in Austin. And uh, also used meth quite a bit. And, and he actually, one of the be most beautiful things that I've ever seen in my life, came and he was, he was high. He was, he was on the verge of overdosing the day that we baptized him. And he was instantly sobered and completely healed from that addiction as soon as he went down in the waters. And one of the hardest things that I had to walk through as a pastor is he was covered by the blood but the state of Texas still had some, some issues with them. And I know that's tough. I wanna just be honest that there may be things that are still affecting your life. And I know it's, how do I, how do I balance the two? How do I live in this tension? I think you have to take care of whatever's happened from your past, ask for forgiveness. I know that is a very extreme example for you. It may just be forgiving someone. For you, it may be reconciling with someone. For you, it may be paying some things or whatever. But, but we have to know that according to God, according to the one that matters most, according to the record that matters most, it's been covered by the blood. When Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night, Nicodemus was a leader in the Israel, in the Jewish religion. He was a Pharisee. And he came to Jesus. He was a ruler. He was high up, had a lot of authority, but he was interested in Jesus. 
And they came to Jesus and in the middle of the night and began to ask him, what would he have to do to be saved? Most of us know the scripture, John 3, 16. God, Jesus tells them the, the gospel message in a very encapsulated version. But then he says, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And he's like, how do I do that? How do I, how do I go back into my mother? Like, that's just weird, Jesus. Like, how does that? But what Jesus was saying is, no, when, when you step into this forgiveness, when you step into eternal life, when you step into the power of the blood of Jesus, you are being born again. You are no longer who you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I need to remind you tonight that if you have been covered by the blood of Jesus, you are not a better version of yourself. See, we don't need to be a better version of ourselves. Jesus didn't come to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you do a little bit better. I'm going to help you be a good version of yourself. You're a bad version right now, and I'm going to help you be a good version. I'm going to help you get your life together. No, no, no. Jesus came and said, no, no, no. We're going to die. Your old self is going to die. The flesh is going to die. The sin is going to die. And you're going to be reborn, a new creation in Christ Jesus. That behold, the old has passed away. You're not a rehab project for God. The blood didn't come in and tighten up your bolts and, and give you a little WD-40 and get you a little bit better. No, the blood came and made you a new creation in Christ. You are a new person. And so you need to begin to step into the power that the blood of Jesus offers you, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And for some of you, you need to step into that for the first time. But for most of us, we need to be reminded that we are not our old selves anymore. That we are not slaves to our sin nature anymore. We're going to be talking about grace. I'm preaching again on Sunday morning. We're going to be talking about grace and the fact that just because we are new doesn't mean that we can continue sinning. And just because of the grace of God does not mean we continue sinning. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that we are laying down the sin nature and we are saying that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. And because of the blood of Jesus, I have power. I have authority. I have dominion. And so let's just begin to go into a time of worship right now, a time of ministry. Our, our prayer partners, our ministry team can come forward. Your life begins at the blood. The old has passed away. The new life has come. Just as they passed through the waters of baptism, the waters of the Red Sea and went into a new promised land. See, we're not to our promised land yet. We're not to our ultimate home yet, but we're on the way there. We're not going back to slavery. We're not going back to sin. We're not, we're not going back to Egypt. Some of you need to decide tonight, I'm not going back to my old life. I'm not gonna pick up that dead me, that old me, that, that me that, that has been buried. I'm not gonna dig that thing back up and start living that life again. No, I'm stepping into my new life. I'm believing that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. 
For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.